What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Neverland Podcast, episode 114. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right straight until morning. Alright, take your pixie out of your pocket and shake some of that pixie dust around. Get your happiest thoughts that we're flying away to Neverland. Now, last week was a super long show, so I'm going to try to trim it down a little bit, but we've got lots of fun to have. We're going to visit the trailer park to see a, a, or talk about at least, you're not going to get to see it, uh, a trailer for a new animated feature film called Storks from the same people who brought you the Lego movie, which might be the best thing going for it. That is encouraging. Uh, We're also going to hear a brand new segment that I'm calling the Neverland Storybook. Uh, We're going to listen to... Uh, most of the time I think we're going to listen to, you know, the, remember the read-along stories, and I've played a couple of audios, I wanted to start featuring those as a regular type of thing, because there's, there's a lot of them out there that I've managed to track down, and there's even more out there that I, I will probably find as I continue to search for these out on the internet, I mean, you can find out about anything. Also, we're going to welcome back Tim Devine of the Magic in Pixels, and we're not talking about photography with him this time, this time I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Disney Infinity 3, uh, some of the frustrations we've had with the game, how much we've enjoyed the game, where we see the future of the game going, and that sort of a thing. Just kind of an overall conversation about some video games. But uh, we better just go ahead and get started, and I do have a few fun things that I want to ask you to do that where you can be part of the next episode of the Neverland Podcast. But let's go ahead and hit the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Oh. The Neverland Trailer Park. It's an image as old as time. A baby swaddled in white. Delivered by the stork. How quaint. But you'll find here on Stork Mountain, we take baby delivery seriously. I'm here to finally unveil our new and improved human infant production facility. We have perfected and streamlined the process, devising a zero-mistake workflow trademark. Using the most cutting-edge technology, coupled with over 75 years of hard-won experience, our new process has been described as perfect, precise, flawless, ideal, immaculate, no problemo, error-proof, too big to fail, the opposite of the Titanic. We work hard just so you can hear the four most precious words in human language. Goo-goo-ga-ga. So, when you're looking for baby delivery, you can count on the Stork Delivery Service. Make a plan, stick to the plan, always deliver. What was that? Oh, no. My bad. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, so this is Storks. I gotta say, I'm I'm not sure that they're really gonna have a broad appeal to where the parents are necessarily gonna be that interested, other than, you know, the babies that you're seeing in this are very kind of cute. But it looks like they're playing more for slapstick comedy and a bit of cute level. Um, So, I mean, I think the kids might be interested in this. The the, the one thing that I kind of wonder about is, you know, back when they were making the old Merry Melodies or Looney Tunes and things like that, you had the concept of the stork, and you know, and so you would learn about the concept of where you used to tell kids about the stork through the uh, those cartoons. 
But in the modern day, we you know we don't they usually see a lot of these cartoons. Uh, I think you know you can still find them on Boomerang from Cartoon Network. You know you'll find some Looney Tunes on. But I don't know that kids are familiar with the whole stork thing. I mean, do parents actually even tell their kids? Oh, look, the stork is bringing a child. Uh, I think the modern kid kind of knows where babies come from a little bit. I'm sure that they probably don't know all the details. But you know, well, I mean, granted, this is kind of a cute idea for a movie. I'm not sure that it's going to sell itself just from this teaser although it is fairly funny uh, in the background where, where you have this stork who is Kelsey Grammer's voice clearly who's telling you they have this foolproof human production system while behind him a human is breaking their, their assembly line pretty much uh, by trying to oh look I'm in the trailer uh, so I mean it, it is fairly funny uh, it's But I don't think they did the job of getting people's attention. Well, at least they didn't get my attention to where I'm like, oh yeah, this might be fun. Uh, at this point, if I see something in the next full trailer that uh, makes me think, oh, hey, that's actually got a fun story, then, then at that point I might decide I'd be interested in this film. But right now, I just don't know if they really got it across other than, oh, well, I guess it's something to take the kids to. Uh, they, I think they need to open up that appeal and say why this would be a good movie for the entire family. So that's what I think of the new film teaser, Storks. Uh, I am not sure when it's coming out. I believe it's coming over the summer. And like I said before, it's from the makers of the Lego movie, which is encouraging because the Lego movie was a whole lot of fun. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Alright, so that signals a very new segment as you hear. It's the Neverland Storybook. This is something new I want to start doing. Uh, but I've got something special I'm going to play for you. Oh golly, this might have been probably sometime around my first year of podcasting, the Neverland Podcast. I had purchased a copy of... Uh, the Winnie the, the Mini Adventures, the Winnie the Pooh, the actual books, you know, and uh, the House at Pooh Corner. And I thought, well, gee, you know, it would be fun to share this with my listeners. And so I thought, well, let me see if uh, I can get some of the podcasters to do some voices and let's record it and see how it goes. Uh, it didn't quite turn out exactly as I had hoped. Uh, I think it, it might have been better if maybe we had all gotten together over Skype and everybody recorded themselves and then we mixed them together. So it would have been a lot easier on me to try to... Uh, you know, edit together to make everybody's lines fall into the same place. Uh, and it was a lot of work. I've added some music, a little bit of sound effects, just because, you know, it'd be fun and I wanted to share this. But part of why I'm wanting to share this is I have books of a lot of stories that have become Disney films. And I've been working on a, an idea of some bonus episodes for Patreon supporters. Now, I haven't set this up yet, and I haven't recorded anything yet. But if I have some Patreon supporters, maybe at a certain level, uh, I've thought at a, you know maybe a chapter at a time. I could start with say perhaps Peter Pan or Winnie the Pooh, or uh, we've I mean I've got even Grimm's Fairy Tales where it has the original versions of things like Cinderella and Snow White and things like that. You know I've got all kinds of different things. But I figure for bonus episodes, I read like a chapter out of that, or myself. Or, you know it could be myself, could be Heather, or maybe some of the other Neverland you know team, or maybe we'll all get together and we'll even add voices. You know there's there's a lot of stuff that has not yet been done but that's what i'm thinking about for patreon supporters to have some bonus episodes that uh, would be really kind of neat and special and i think you might enjoy uh, so they won't necessarily all sound like what you're about to hear but just so you get the idea uh here is the first chapter of winnie the pooh as narrated by mr paul barry of a window to the magic i myself played pooh and you will also recognize tracy from disney indiana here you go enjoy Chapter 1, in which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the stories begin. Here is Edward Bear, coming downstairs now, bump, 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 on the back of his head, behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs, but sometimes he feels there really is another way, if only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it and then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom and ready to be introduced to you. Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you are going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie? I don't. But you said... He's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what there means? Ah, yes, now I do, I said quickly. 
and I hope that you do too, because it is all the explanation you are going to get. Sometimes Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs, and sometimes he likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. This evening, what about a story? Said Christopher Robin. What about a story? I said. Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one? I suppose I could. I said. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's that sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you very sweetly? I'll try. I said. So I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself. Under the name of Sanders. What does "under the name" mean? Asked Christopher Robin. It means that he had the name over the door in gold letters and lived under it. Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure. Said Christopher Robin. Now I am. Said a growly voice. Then I will go on. Said I. One day when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest. And in the middle of this place was a large oak tree, and from the top of the tree there came a loud buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree, put his head between his paws, and began to think. First of all, he said to himself, "That buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that, just buzzing and buzzing, without its meaning something." If there's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise, and the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you're a bee, and the only reason for being a bee that I know is of making honey. And then he got up and said, "And the only reason for making honey is so as I can eat it." So he began to climb the tree. He climbed and he climbed and he climbed. And as he climbed, he sang a little song to himself. It went like this: Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz! I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further, and a little further, and then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. It's a very th- funny thought that if bears were bees. They'd build their nests at the bottom of trees, and that being so, if the bees were bears, we shouldn't have to climb up all those stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, so that is why he sang a complaining song. He was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch, oh help! Said Pooh as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said. As he bounced twenty feet onto the next branch, you see what I meant to do. He explained as he turned head over heels and crashed onto another branch thirty feet below. What I meant to do, of course, it was rather. He admitted as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose. He decided as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun round three times. And flew gracefully into a gorse bush. It all comes of liking honey so much. Oh, help! He crawled out of the gorse bush, brushed the prickles from his nose, and began to think again. And the first person he thought of was Christopher Robin. Was that me? Said Christopher Robin in an awed voice, hardly daring to believe it. That was you. Christopher Robin said nothing. But his eyes got larger and larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So Winnie the Pooh went round to his friend Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Christopher Robin. Good morning, Winnie the Pooh. I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes, I just said to myself coming along. I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said it to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for? You said. Winnie the Pooh looked round to see that nobody was listening, put his paw to his mouth, 
and said in a deep whisper, Honey. But you don't get honey with balloons. I do, said Pooh. Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet, and you had balloons at the party. You had had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue one, and had left it behind, being really too young to go to a party at all. And so you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which one would you like? You asked Pooh. He put his head between his paws and thought very carefully. It's like this. When you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. Now, if you have a green balloon, they might think you were only part of the tree and not notice you. And if you have a blue balloon, they might think you were only part of the sky and not notice you. And the question is, which is the most likely? He said. Wouldn't they notice you under the balloon? You asked. Hmm, they might or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You never can tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, I shall try to look like a small black cloud. That will deceive them. Then you'd better have the blue balloon. You said, and so it was decided. Well, you both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you, just in case, as you always did. And Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. And then, when the balloon was blown up as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding on to the string, you let go suddenly, and Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky, and stayed there, level with the top of the tree, and about twenty feet away from it. Hooray! You shouted, Isn't that fine? shouted Winnie the Pooh down to you. What do I look like? You look like a bear holding onto a balloon. You said, Not, said Pooh anxiously, not like a small black cloud in a blue sky? Not very much. Oh, well, perhaps from up here it looks different. And as I say, you never can tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him nearer to the tree, so there he stayed. And he could see the honey. He could smell the honey, but he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while, he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello. I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? I don't know, but something tells me that they're suspicious. Perhaps they think you're after their honey. It may be that. You never can tell with bees. There was another little silence, and then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin! Yes? Have you an umbrella in your house? I think so. I wish you would bring it out here and walk up and down with it and look at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception we are practicing upon these bees. Well, you laughed to yourself. Silly old bear. But you didn't say it aloud because you were so fond of him, and you went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are, called down Winnie the Pooh as soon as you got back to the tree. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up? You said. Yes, but wait a moment. We must be practical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. A pity. Well, now, if you walk up and down with your umbrella saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain, I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. Go! Tut, tut, it looks like rain. So, while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud, floating in the blue. Every little cloud always sings aloud. 
How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. It makes him very proud to be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing as suspiciously as ever. Some of them indeed left their nest and flew all round the cloud as it began the second verse. And one bee sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment and then got up again. Christopher, ow, Robin! called out the cloud. Yes? I have just been thinking, and I have come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sort of bees. Are they? Quite the wrong sort. So I should think they would make the wrong sort of honey, shouldn't you? Would they? Yes, so I think I shall come down. How? Asked you. Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this. If he let go of the string, he would fall. Bump. And he didn't like the idea of that. So he thought for a long time. And then he said, uh, Christopher Robin, uh, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. Have you got your gun? Of course I have. You said, But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon. But if you don't, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. When you put it like this, you saw how it was, and you aimed very carefully at the balloon and fired. Ow! said Pooh. Did I miss? You asked. You didn't exactly miss, said Pooh. But you missed the balloon. I'm so sorry. You said, and you fired again, and this time you hit the balloon, and the air came slowly out, and Winnie the Pooh floated down to the ground. But his arms were so stiff from holding on to the string of the balloon all that time that they stayed up straight in the air for more than a week, and whenever a fly came and settled on his nose, he had to blow it off. And I think, but I'm not sure, that that is why he is always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? Asked Christopher Robin. That's the end of that one. There are others. About Pooh and me? And Piglet and Rabbit and all of you. Don't you remember? I do remember, and then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Pooh and Piglet tried to catch a heffalump. They didn't catch it, did they? No. Who couldn't because he hasn't any brain? Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. I do remember. He said, Only Pooh doesn't very well, so that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh, picked his bear up by the leg, and walked to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, Coming to see me have my bath? I might, I said. I didn't hurt him when I shot him, did I? Not a bit. He nodded and went out, and in a moment, I heard Winnie the Pooh, bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. To Disney and beyond! Okay, well, Neverlanders returning here again. We haven't talked to you, golly, in a long time, but it's Tim Devan, Devine, Devan, what am I thinking, of the Magic in Pixels, which we've What's talked up? to you before over that. You do different photographs around Walt Disney World and actually do have an event that you do every year. Uh, what, Pixel Mania, is that what you call it? Yes, sir, and uh, it's glad, glad to be back. Thanks for having me back, bud. All righty. Now, since you are a fellow PlayStation junkie, and uh, I've been currently using a PS4 for Disney Infinity 3. I thought it would be fun to kind of talk to you and, uh, and maybe talk about some of the, the positives and negatives we've been experiencing so far with uh, Disney Infinity 3.0. And see if maybe we have a few of these sure. bugs in common. <laughs> wait, wait, but yeah, let's, let's go for it. I am sort of a uh, prolific PlayStation guy, to put it bluntly. <laughs> Well, one thing I've noticed now, I don't know if this has been different. Do you Did you download the game to PS4, or did you buy a copy of the disc? Uh, retail. Uh, retail. We bought it. Yeah, they had a nice deal for $20. I was able to download it on the PS4, which was a good deal. But I've noticed that there's a flicker issue occasionally in some of the levels. Have you experienced that? Not really 
terrible. I've seen games that are a lot worse. I'm assuming you're talking about like a almost like a frame rate type kind of refresh rate doesn't quite look right sometimes. Move and you know it's like the background vanishes for you know like a millisecond enough to where it's noticeable. It's not anything. I've nothing that really drew my ire. Uh, so I'll have to, <laughs> if I play with my kids, I'll have to take a look at it. Yeah, see, there, that's one thing with Disney Infinity. I worry sometimes that they're rushing a product out to try to get a new version out every year. That they're not fixing all of these bugs. Uh, one one glitch I've had even on the, the 2.0 is when an enemy would first spawn, I was not able to make contact with that enemy. And if they were a ranged enemy, they would just stay in one spot and shoot, and I couldn't do anything to them. And I've noticed the problem... That could be a problem. Yeah. And I've noticed a similar problem with the 3.0, mainly just in the uh, area of... Uh, when I'm building my interior, you know, they, they've, and they've got some really great ideas for some new rooms you can add on that are like sidekick specific rooms to unlock it. But one of the rooms I enjoyed from the previous was they have like this shield helicarrier control room that, uh, you can go in and have a, like simulated baddies or whatever that you're supposed to go and fight. But, uh, I've, <laughs> the funny part is in 2.0, I did find a glitch where as Spider-Man, I was kind of swinging around near your ceiling, and I actually passed through the ceiling and was standing up on top of where you would normally see the map when you're adding rooms to your interior. <laughs> Which was funny. Ah, the good old, good old quality control issues. You gotta love it. Yeah. This um, now I will say, I will say, I don't play the toy box a whole lot. That's what you're referring to. Uh, not really familiar. There's, there's the story mode, and then there's the toy box, which is, Kind of like where you, you you take what you unlock in the story mode and you build your own city or town or mm-hmm. you know basically whatever you want to call it. And that's where my son, my boys play that a lot. I'm more of a story mode. I want to play the levels and like I'll play through uh, like the Star Wars parts. I'll play through the Star Wars levels, unlock all the stuff, and then my kids will go and take all the stuff I unlock and they'll start building stuff. And they love that type of particularly. Uh, my six-year-old, he's the one that plays Infinity more than anything. My, my almost ten-year-old, he's Minecraft and Skylanders and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but he likes building in the toy box. To me, I, I for some reason, it, that, 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 those kind of games don't resonate with me. I'm just, I have no interest in them. Um, I think Skylanders is the, the spawn of the devil. I just don't get it. Um, probably because I'm 39 and I'm not, you know, versus 10 years old, but, um, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. it, it Skylanders would have looked crappy on an old Nintendo Entertainment System, let alone a PlayStation 4. I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> but my son, but my son loved it. So sure, take it for take it for what it's worth. Yeah, well, that's actually one of the other glitches I've seen with the the 3.0 version. Is in that same control room I was talking about. I'm having that same enemy problem where the only way I can make contact with enemies is by using my ranged weapons. So all kinds of glitches going on, but yeah, I think that's definitely where Disney Infinity shines is all these different playsets. Uh, especially this time, it's uh, you know I I've heard possible rumor that what Avalanche is going to do is just continue to. Whoop, I'm tripping over things. Uh, they're going to continue to expand on like the 3.0, and just when they have new characters, it'll just be another download or new playsets. It'll it'll automatically download. Now, I'm not sure that that's exactly what's going to happen instead of starting, you know, coming around to release a 4.0, but uh, what would you think? Would that, uh, to me, that I think that'd clutter up my hard drive too fast, or do you think that would actually be a reasonable thing for them to do? It doesn't sound like a bad idea to me, but truth be told, as soon as I got my PlayStation 4, I pulled the hard drive out and swapped it out for two terabytes. Um, I saw a tutorial online that I think it's a Seagate Slim. It's, it's actually an external hard drive. I got it at uh, Best Buy on sale, real cheap. It's a two terabyte external. I, I brought it home. I cracked the housing open, took the drive out of it, threw it in my PlayStation, uh, downloaded the firmware to the old thumb drive routine, and now I have a two terabyte PlayStation. So I'm not worried about filling that up too bad. Uh, but it would make sense that sooner or later, yeah, sooner or later, it makes sense to stop having to buy starter kits every year with the same exact portal every year um at least skylanders they change the portal um there's a little something to it i have three identical disney infinity portals or bases or whatever 
from yeah. however you want to use. So it would be nice for my wallet to be able to just buy an add-on kit instead of having to buy starter kits every year. Yeah. Um, you only, I mean, you, you, you only need one. They haven't changed it. Yeah. Uh, it looks, the Disney Infinity One base works with Disney Infinity Three. Yeah. One thing I think, if they are going to just say, okay, well, this is going to be Disney Infinity, we're going to keep this format, this seems to be one of the better combat engines and whatnot that we've had, if they would unlock the the previous play sets to where you could actually play them, because, yeah, okay, it's going to be maybe another download, that would be worth it to be able to, you know, pull over my previous play sets, maybe even remember how, you know, everything I've unlocked or something, uh, to where I can still play it on the 3.0. If they did something that would, like that, that would be cool. I would, yes. I, would, I would be down with that if you could carry everything forward. I mean, it's, it's easy enough. I mean, it lo- you log in with your Disney account, I believe, don't you? That's, yeah. what, that's yeah. where all your content gets registered through. So it's all in your account. I mean, the characters are backwards compatible, which makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I think Disney... Disney City 2 is the one I, the one I, I was interested in the least and so are my kids just my kids are more interested in superheroes than I am um, but, but I'm we're, we're all about Star Wars we all love Star Wars my, my, my son's been playing the heck out of this new one and frankly I liked the first one because I thought the Radio Springs place that was good I thought the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean one was good oh yeah um, yeah what was the other one Incredibles is that what, is that what it came yeah, with it came with Incredibles as well that, that was I didn't play that one all that much. I've only seen bits and pieces of the movie. I'm a terrible Disney fan, I know, but <laughs> um, I thought Radiator Springs was fantastic, and the Pirates one was really good. So Yeah, the Radiator Springs it, was fun, but uh, I'm not very good with driving games, and so some of the uh, the feats that I had to accomplish with some of the stunt bits and things like that were really a pain for me. But uh, it was a lot of fun to build your races and uh, have your races around there. That's I had a, a ball with that. Well, maybe, maybe you can talk them into building Arendelle as the first person shooter or something. That'd be, uh, that'd be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> Arendelle's the first person shooter. So what, you play as Elsie and you can go around and freeze everything? You can go around with Elsie and just blast everything into oblivion. There you go. <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not give them any bad ideas because knowing Disney, it says Arendelle and that also will probably make it. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> even though, even though Anna and Elsa were already in, they were in the Infinity One. But yeah, nothing was stopping from building that cow even further and further and further. Yeah, there are some of the characters from the 1.0 that I really wish they would update. Uh, like Wreck It Ralph, his his basic attack, and I guess they wanted to include his uh, his fist thing that you see him do a pounding on the ground. But as an attack, it is completely useless. Along with uh, the Toy Story characters that give them that shoulder charge, it's it's you can't really create a combo with it. And I really would wish that they would just you know update that, you know, give them some sort of you know if they're allowing Finn to punch people, then why can't Buzz Lightyear do it? And also, this is awesome. This is awesome. We're talking about Disney characters beating the heck out of people. This is awesome. <laughs> well, sure. And then. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the other thing, I'm, I'm still surprised that when they brought in with 2.0, you know, the you have your special move that you build up, you know, by by defending a certain amount of enemies or whatever, your purple meter goes up, and you have a special area of attack move, which is really fun, great effects. The Aladdin one's really cool, I love it. But yet they still have not retro upgraded the 1.0 characters to have that ability, and I, I still wonder why. You know, it's yeah. It, it would seem like it would be feasible. There's really all the character is is a, it's a near field communication tag that just says that you own that character. So whatever his mannerisms or moves or animations are should be just just a downloadable update. You would think. I think that um, if memory serves me correctly, Skylander. If you put an older character on a newer game, it sort of updates the character a little bit to the newer animations, the newer moves. So. It wouldn't seem to make sense, but going back to what you said earlier, I don't know if they're trying to shovel out Disney Infinity every year uh, just to keep milking it and selling toys. Because uh, frankly, I, and I've mentioned this a few times now. The yeah, Skylanders comes out every year too, but that that's innovative. Every year it's something different. The one year it was the swappable characters. The next year it was the the trap crystals. This year it's the V 
has the Star Wars license and the single-player campaign is pretty good, it really hasn't changed a whole lot since Disney Infinity 1. Yeah, other it's than... The, it's basically the same concept, and... Yeah. You know, I hate to, I hate to rail on it and keep comparing it to Skylanders, but if, if I had to pick one game over for the other, like, and again, I'm a 39 year old father of three, so, you know, me complaining about which toys to like game I really like the most kind of seems a little silly to begin with, but I like Skylanders because it has a story mode to it. I like, I like story in the game. Um, and, and yes, there's stories, there's stories to the various play sets and, and whatnot, but it doesn't, I find myself wishing it had it was a more cohesive package, yeah. As opposed to uh, as opposed to a, a mashup of a bunch of little smaller play sets and a toy box. I mean, does that make any sense? Yeah. Although it, it is fun, you know, and I wish they'd give more opportunity and you know put out some play sets where you could mix and match a little better. But you know, mainly the toy box mode, I guess, is where you can have Darth Vader running around, say, Radiator Springs. You know, you'd, you'd have to build it yourself. But if they would maybe, and uh, Disney Indiana was talking about this actually, uh, like uh, in their previous show. You know, maybe they should make some play sets that are kind of just fun, where you can play with any character you want and go through various different worlds. Uh, I believe Scott was recommending, you know, thought it would be really fun to get into Rick Riordan's book series, the, uh, oh, now I forgot what they're called. <laughs> um, somebody's probably yelling it at their, 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 their phone right now. But yeah, the Rick Riordan book series, which I am, unfortunately, I have not gotten a chance to read, but Scott had this idea that, you know, because you can jump around different rides, if they use that kind of a concept, uh, you could actually, uh, you know, maybe have different worlds you can play in and play with any character that you have in that world instead of a, each play sec is, re- is really restricted to characters that belong there. And therein lies the rub. Yeah. Um, whereas, I can understand where, say, Lego Dimensions, another Toys for Life game that we don't, apparently if it's a Toys for Life game, we buy it. Yeah. Keep milking it and milking it and milking it. I mean, my wallet cries every time uh, a Toys for Life <laughs> game comes up. Um, Lego Dimensions, like, you can't get into Jurassic World unless you have a Jurassic Park character. That opens the portal like that you in. But once you're in, you can use whoever you want. So, you know, you can have Marty McFly and Bart Simpson running around Jurassic World, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's a little different. You know, it's, it's quirky. It's different, but it, it's, it's fun. So, you know, maybe having, you know, Lightning McQueen run, driving around Hoth or something in the middle of a speeder or something. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect their brand and keep it somewhat as genuine as they can, even though it's whimsical and, and you know, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be playing as toys inside the world. It's, you know, it's not supposed to be Han Solo running around, running around Tatooine. It's supposed to be the toy Han Solo running around the toy Tatooine. So, <laughs> And that's a big distinction I think some people miss. Yeah. Um, but it would be nice, like you said, if we could, if you could kind of mix them all together and just do what, do what you want with it once you, once you unlock the toy. I mean, while you were speaking uh, a moment ago, it, something crossed my mind. I, I wish to gosh Disney would do it. Because, I wish to go back to the old Nintendo Entertainment System. You remember the Adventures in the Magic Kingdom game? Well, I remember it being but, there, but yeah. I never got a chance to play it. The, the, the concept of it, it makes no sense at all, is you have to do something to unlock, something to do something, and it was based, it was based around a bunch of mini-games that were based on rides. So there was, there was a Haunted Mansion level, there was a Pirate Battalion level, there was a Space Mountain level, and when you completed the levels, you got a key, and when you got so many keys, you unlocked the whatever, like, you know, made it all right in the world, or how it, whatever it goes, it's, a long time since I played that game, but if here here's the the, the sum total of what I'm bad one about here is I think it would be genius for Disney to make level packs of worlds, whatever you want to call them, based on the theme park. Have a yes. Magic Kingdom playset. And then inside the playset have the rides or whatever that are basically your your mini levels. But make them good, make them fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, some some of the user-created content in the toy box is, is loosely based around the levels. I mean, you know, you can download a Haunted Mansion level, which is sort of like the Haunted Mansion, but not really. Or 
like a jungle cruise level kind of, which is kind of story in a way but not really but have have Disney and the um who's the developer in my brain skipping here Avalanche Avalanche have Disney and Avalanche make make an Epcot level pack or world pack or whatever you want to call it where there is a space to earth ride and a mission space ride but then you can bring your characters in and that's that's your level that's what you do and then have it all somehow tie together and I think that would be really awesome it would probably sell it to fun oh yeah you know especially especially because you can put the the park icons or the wings or whatever you want to call them those will be your little piece that you put on on the base mm-hmm. so you know instead of plunking down a trophy for Radiator Springs you plunk down for the Piston Cup for Radiator Springs you plunk down you know a plastic miniaturized version of Space to Earth and inside that now you're you know you've got, you've got Darth Vader and Mickey Mouse and uh, Aladdin and Jazz and all running around you know a, a, a cartoonized version of Future World I think that would be really cool and would probably like sell a ton <laughs> <laughs> you know, call, call me a you know, video game geek, but I think that'd be really neat. Disney tried to do it to a certain extent on the Xbox with the, the Disneyland, the Connect Disneyland, and yeah. I don't think it really did particularly well, although the concept was awesome. Yeah. Um, but, they, but they tied into the Connect, and, you know, that's a very polarizing subject in another itself. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't, I'm not an Xbox if, guy, I've never had one, but like I'm not an Xbox guy, I've never had one, but it didn't do particularly well, and I'm really thankful that uh, Sony didn't tie the, the PlayStation camera, which apparently done about as well as the Vita, uh, didn't force you to buy that at the time, you know, by bundling it into the box with PS4 and then raising the price accordingly, just, there's, I, I, I haven't seen any, any compelling evidence to actually need that piece of equipment even though it goes on sale all the time for pretty inexpensive but there's just no reason to need it but yeah. to bring it back around you know if you had a if you had an Epcot level or world or whatever you want to call it or a Magic Kingdom pack or an Animal Kingdom pack or you know a Disney Hollywood Studio pack which would basically be you know 30 seconds running around surrounded by construction walls um, <laughs> At the moment, you, you gotta keep it you gotta keep it authentic right um, yeah. I mean, how cool would a Tower of Terror level be? You know, where, you, you know, some fictionalized, cartoonized version of, you know, a haunted hotel. Uh, where you can bring all your, all your characters in, all your toys in, or whatever. I think that'd be really neat. Um, yeah. So that was I, kind of my I, thought it, for, if they ever got around to 4.0, is basing around Disney parks. And, uh, you could make even playsets that are just specifically a, a story around an attraction. Uh, or I kind of like the idea of yeah having one for maybe each park and you can have the attract so you have multiple attractions to have player areas inside that playset and just set a good story in there. Uh, I mean one of the things they've done really good with the Star Wars. Uh, I've liked having you know I'm here on, on Tatooine and now I have all these missions and the things to do while I'm on Tatooine and then I can move over to Endor and Hoth and have more missions on those particular areas. So if like you were saying, if you had an entire like here's a Magic Kingdom set for each attraction you wanted to include, you could have a way to travel and have all kinds of adventures within the realm of that attraction, like it's a whole world. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it'd, be really, it'd be cool. Or even they say the Hollywood Studios level pack, or, you know, the level starter pack, whatever you want to call it. I mean, call it whatever you want, but yeah. you know, when you first when you first drop the thing on, it, it gives you the Tower of Terror and the Great Movie Ride. And then if you want something based around Rock and Roller Coaster or Play Stars Action or Indiana Jones, then that's your that's your add on or something. Just, you oh, know, yeah. it's Disney it's Disney They're never going to give you the whole kick caboodle up front. They got to keep you coming back for more and more. But there's got to be there's a way to do it. It's just whether it's worth the the time and development cost and getting the licensing and everything in place to to, to really pull it off. I think it's a, I think it'd be a cool idea, and yeah. I'm sure it would sell like it would sell like wildfire, no yeah. doubt in my mind. And that's really what uh, I mean, because you've got as you were talking about, you've got Skylanders out there now, Lego Dimensions. You've got competitions in this market, and Nintendo is doing a weird version of it that I don't know that it really works that well. But I guess Nintendo junkies are all about the amiibos. But now that you've got so much competition, Disney, you know, really needs to take that opportunity to step up with their brand and things that they can do that nobody else can, like the Disney parks and being able to merge these characters together in something. I think that's how they can definitely stay competitive and fix a lot of the bugs 
And including, my biggest frustration is in toy box creation, because you see all these people that have uploaded stuff, and they've made these wonderful designs, and you're thinking, wow, I want to try to make something, I have an idea, and I have so far created two things on uh, the 3.0, you know, spent hours, days building something that I was excited about, and then if I do one wrong thing with one piece, I can break that entire toy box and make it, render it completely unusable. And there's no way to save it. I just have to delete it and start over. And that is the biggest frustration because you, there's so, you, they don't really explain how to use some of the items well enough to where you get an idea of how to properly use it. And there are certain items that you do not want to... I mean, you could place it, but don't start any of its function until you are sure you have completed everything and you're ready to go ahead and just you know have it as a playable toy box and then submit to Disney or just let your friends play. If they fix that, yeah, I can see where that would be. I can see where that would be frustrating. Yes. Oh my gosh, it has driven me crazy because you spend so much time, and then all it takes is one wrong move with a piece because you're not sure how to make it work, but you think you're doing the right thing. And uh, you know, I had an entire map. I had rebuilt the Toy Box 1.0 hub and had made kind of a park where you had different activities to go and play. And I was, I, I was wanting to build a haunted mansion interior playing playable level, and I put the door in place. And uh, to where I had created it. Oh, look, I want to have this door go to an interior. So I had an interior, and I, I, don't know, I started to map it. I was like, okay, cool. So then I turned around to where the door was in the interior, tried to map it over to the uh, you know, my main toy box, and somehow or another set it up to where every time you started the game, you started in my empty interior. Because it, it does a ghost imprint of the file and keeps that one. And all my efforts to try to fix it to where you would start inside of the 1.0 recreation... I ended up deleting somehow or another the, the 1.0 uh, ghost file to where all I could do is pop up inside a, an empty interior, open the door, you walk through the, that, that door, and you'd be right back in the interior. It would just keep reloading. So I had lost days of work in one single move because I didn't understand how it worked. And I have a problem. Yeah, that could, uh, that could be a kick in the teeth. Yeah, I, I, feel I, your, I feel your pain on that one. Yeah, so it's almost not worth it to create if you, unless you're just going to make some little type of thing that's not, you're not going to be that worried about. But if you really want to make something and you want to be able to share it because you have this great idea, it, it really is a kick in the teeth. And so if they would just explain how to use stuff, and I know they've got videos now, uh, great tutorials, they have the Toy Box TV, but they, they haven't quite covered how some of these objects are actually supposed to work on, on some of these. So I think they're trying to correct that that oversight of not explaining how to build stuff properly. But it can get frustrating when you when you you're trying to build stuff and then you see when they have their competition of oh yes we want everybody to build one of these and you see the the people that get chosen with their box and you're like how in the world did you make this? Because every time I try to do something like this I have it in my head how I want to do it but I get nowhere near like this because I break it. Some some of the user created content is pretty amazing, but. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to your frustration about the toy box. I, I feel your pain. And you know what? It's just the same pain I feel when I play Star Wars Battlefront. Why is there no campaign with it? My God. <laughs> that game is so awesome, but why is there no campaign? That's precisely why I have not purchased that game. <laughs> but, I, oh my goodness. I still it, have it the first awesome. two Battlefront games uh, on the computer, and I have the first one also on my Xbox, and I will go back and play with those. Battlefront's actually, you know, Battlefront's not on, I'm, I'm actually on my PlayStation while I'm talking to you. Uh, looks like Battlefront's on sale for half off this week. If anybody's on the hedge about picking it up, it's on sale for $29.99 on the PlayStation store. Hmm. Um, oh my god, it, it, the game is absolutely amazing. I've never seen graphics that look like that. They're, they're, they're just ridiculous, right? It, it just feels, like you alluded to earlier, it, it, it isn't pushing this stuff out. I know, I know Battlefront's published by Electronic Arts, yeah. so you want about them. Yeah. They're a fairly polarizing company in and of themselves, but, um, it just feels, it feels like, you know, another couple, another month or two of development, they could have put a, you know, a half a decent campaign together, it would have just been the greatest game ever made. Instead, yeah. you get multiplayer with it. I'm not much of a multiplayer guy, frankly, because I think yeah, at it. Because, frankly, some um, people you play to multiplayer are flat-out rude, and even when they make a kill, they make a kind of a rude gesture over your fallen body. And so I'm like, really? I got some uh, seven-year-old kid going to do this because he managed to... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Some, some, some kid that comes home from school at 3.30 and doesn't put the video game down until 10 o'clock at night, and 
Yeah. You know, I'm just in there just trying to have a little bit of fun or whatever, but the, the game itself is amazing. And I love the, ve- the, the vehicle combat missions are particularly good where you're flying around the next wing or a TIE fighter or something, they're just so, so thinking cool that it just it kills it if there's no campaign in it. Yeah. I remember from the beta test, I had a hard time managing to pilot anything when I managed to, when you finally managed to get to where you can, you know, because you happen to find the right icon to where you actually get to pilot something, I had a hard time controlling it. I, I find Disney Infinity's controls a lot easier to control with the Star Wars ships, and I'm having a grand time playing space battles in Disney Infinity 3.0. Those are great. Oh, they are cool. They're definitely cool. Did you play the uh, Force Awakens play thing uh, so far, I only have the, uh, I guess they call it Rise of the Empires, the original trilogy. Because money's tight oh, now. That, was a, that was really good, wasn't it? It was great. I'm loving it. And I'm very excited about the uh, the Marvel um, Battlegrounds coming out. Of course, you're not into superheroes, so I guess it doesn't matter to you, but your your kids are going to love it. I'm very excited to give that a try. So overall, though I've got some complaints about Disney Infinity, I still love it. I'm still pretty well hooked on it. So, no, don't don't hear me wrong with all the things that frustrate me about it. I'm still having a great amount of fun. There is one thing, though, with the, the play sets. I like to be able to replay something. And this is a, the problem that popped up mainly in 2.0. I had played through the Avengers set, and I was working on unlocking some of the hidden stuff. Well, I had a friend come over and like, oh, cool, you'd love this Avengers thing. Here, let's start over from the beginning... And, of course, it uses your exact same save file, and it wipes out everything that you've, you've unlocked. I mean, you've still unlocked it inside the toy box, but you've lost all your status and everything. You can't have a separate save game for one, one person. That bugs me, because I like to be able to go through, on, on a lot of different games, I'll do a, se- a second save, so I can keep maybe the first save if I'm trying to unlock any previous details, but have a second save open, where I can just play through the story again. And all these different games, I can do that. Like the Batman Arkham games and stuff like that, I can do that and I have a great time. But for some reason, Disney Infinity has not let you do that. So it's like your playset is only good for one time through. Or, or at least one at, one at a time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right, 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 I, mean, I hear, I hear you. It's, it's, a, it's a hard drive that holds you know, half a terabyte of storage. You know, I keep it as another, another save file. It shouldn't be all that complicated, so... Yeah, yeah it's, and, it, and, it, and it is funny, you know, you know where the, the complaints are making sound so petty, but at the same time, it's true, you know, we, we, you know, we, we care about, we care about the games, obviously, you know, even though we're, we're grown up, we still enjoy playing them and, and, and everything else, so it's just, these are, these are minor fixes that should be really not all that complicated to, to pull off, um, yeah, you know, I mean, heck, you could have you could have multiple save files on Sega Genesis games. You know, why can't we do it on a PS4, which is a far superior piece of equipment? Yeah. One thing I have discovered that I'm I'm trying to make use of is uh, you normally you know when you friend people on uh, your your whatever console you're playing on, and and automatically anybody I friend that plays Disney Infinity, I can look to see if they've built anything. Uh, so I can come and try it out, or I can share things that I've worked on. Uh, but I've learned now, because you've got a lot of, with, with the, and I don't think this was possible with my, my previous versions, because I, I, I was seeing between PlayStation and the Xbox, as I did switch systems, I was seeing different toy boxes that people had made. But with 3.0, they've now expanded to where somebody could make something on, on an Xbox, but I can still play it on my, my PS4 which is great. And I've looked, if you go to the Disney Infinity official website and you log into your Disney account, you can actually, as long as you know somebody's Disney ID, you can friend other people's Disney account even if you can't friend them on their console. And that way you can look to see what type of things they're making. Or maybe maybe you can invite them. I don't know if you can play together now that we're all on a Disney server. I still have a feeling the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Network is very separate. But you can at least make a toy box and share it with your friends, even if they're not on the same console that you are. So that's, that's definitely cool. a thing. Cross-platform, so, it would seem in this sort of respect that it would make sense. It really, yeah. really, you're really you're you're. Your playset or what you made or whatever—it's really just just an XML file of what you've unlocked. So, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I know that's a major, major oversimplification, but 
should be something quite that simple. It's not like you're trying to, you know, have online multiplayer that you have to try to you have to try to translate the PlayStation code to the Xbox code all in real time so you can play together. It's really just it's really just a um uh for lack of a better terms with a text file, what you know, what you unlock, what do you have? Yeah. That's really all it is. Yeah. So I, I don't see I don't I don't see why that that would that would have been an issue for as long as it was, but thankfully it appears that it's been resolved. Yeah. And um, if anybody yeah. wants to friend my Disney account, by the way, I can be found because you hear me say all the time, Blue Band Productions uh, at the end of uh, at the end of Neverland, G L U B A N D, as in uh, I, I was in a band once called Blue, and this is the email address I had was Blue Band. So if you search Blue Band on the official Disney website, you should be able to friend me on Disney Infinity, and we can find each other, and I can share you know what I'm making, I can see if what you're making, and things like that, and we'll see how far that they that the Disney uh, account how far that gets you with being able to share and if you were able to play together or not. But yeah, oh, since we're, search uh, me out. since we're throwing out how to get a hold of us, then if anybody wants to go online, look for look for me on either the PlayStation Network or even like the Disney account, like you said. I'm I almost always use uh, the screen name Tim Ned eighty eight. That's Tim as in my first name, Ned. That's N E D, and then the number eighty eight. And the quick quick and dirty story behind that is my first name is Tim. There was a movie about 15 or so years ago called Waking Ned Divine. I don't know if you ever saw that one. It's, it's a, uh, it's like an independent Fox movie where a guy named Ned Divine wins the lottery and dies and his buddies go to his house taking the lottery ticket and have to pretend to him to get the money. And it's real cheeky. It's really cheeky, dry Irish humor. Um, some people think the movie's great. Some people think it stinks. I happen to like it. I think it's hysterical. Um, the movie's in English, but I have to watch it with subtitles because the uh, accents are so heavy. Um, but it's, it's like one of those, it's one of those movies that every once in a while you just watch it, you have a chuckle, and you put it back on the shelf and pick it up a few year, a couple years later. But And then the number 88 is, I'm a big uh, Philadelphia Flyers fan, and Eric Lindsay also is my favorite player, so um, that's where my screen name came from. But anyone to send me friend request, send that 88. Um, and, uh, I, I see you all the time. I'm always, I'm always on playing around. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one thing I have noticed, although I have friended you on the, the PS network, when I log into my Disney account, I see that I have sent a request through Disney to friend you, but you haven't responded yet. <laughs> I, haven't played, I haven't played Disney Infinity in quite a while because my kids are always playing it. <laughs> um, usually, I'm up, usually I'm upstairs playing Assassin's Creed or Resident Evil or like Call that? of Duty yeah. or Call of Duty or there's stuff on this, but there's, there's the video game shelf and there's Daddy's video game shelf. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, everybody, if you log in on your PC or Mac and go into the Disney website, you can do a lot of your Disney friend requesting and responding right in there, despite whether or not you're connected to obviously the PlayStation Network or the Xbox Network or either. Or even, you know, I'm sure there's a 3.0 on the Nintendo Wii U or something. But, yes, so go by, ahead. By, go the, by the, the way, Sorry, got. Oh no! I finished saying that. So go to make sure you go to the okay. Disney Infinity official website so you can do all this. Sorry, this, this last piece has had me all excited, so I can barely keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, thoughts I saw two days ago. Big news: Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Since we're talking about Disney video games, ah uh, yes, comes out comes out the end of June this year. I am on it. I will be there day one. I love the Lego games. Like I said, I'm 39 years old. I got three kids. I love the Lego games. Four if you include um, yourself, right? What's that? Four if you can include yourself, right? But yeah, my, my wife does not tell everybody she has four kids, so <laughs> I might as well throw, might as well walk myself into that group. But yeah, yeah. Uh, like Lego The Force Awakens, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited. There's only one thing that disappoints me just a little bit. With the previous list of Star Wars games, you got three movies in each one. But now they're in a, such a hurry to go ahead and capitalize on The Force Awakens that you're going to get one Star Wars movie to play in. So I'm hoping maybe part of this, to have some other areas and other stories to play in, maybe we'll get a Rebels story or something. I mean, they already made a, a Lego Star Wars game for the Clone Wars, which unfortunately I don't have that one. 
uh, but I do have the, the first ones, and I did where they, uh, I've got also the combined version on my console, where they put just all six of the first Star Wars movies together. But that's one thing, when I saw the announcement of The Force Awakens, I said, hey, this is great, but there's only one movie to play with. <laughs> well, I think did, somebody did say, I read this online, there's going to be some bridge content built in. Um, some of the, some of what happened between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens that did not make the movie is going to be in the game. Oh, cool. Uh, and specifically, why does C-3PO have a red arm? Apparently, that, that piece of story is going to be in the Lego The Force Awakens. Even if in a comical um, fashion. <laughs> as, 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 a, as, a, as a level, I I read earlier that if you complete, every two levels you complete in The Force Awakens unlocks one of these side stories that, uh, you know, one of these bridge stories that extends what's going on between the movies. So, um, it, it, it does seem like there's going to be a way to fill it in a little bit more, but I do hear what you're saying. And frankly, I wish they would update the old original, um, Lego Star Wars the Complete series or the Complete Saga with the six movies. I wish they could update that and patch some trophies into that because you could really uh, punch up your trophy collection pretty heavily with six movies worth of uh, <laughs> content on one disc. And I, I think part of the reason I like the Lego games so much is because most of my platinum trophies and I have ten of them. I think most of them are from Lego games. <laughs> If you're willing, to, if you're willing to be persistent with it, the payoff is at the end. I mean, I don't, that, you know, platinum trophy and a dollar gets you a dollar, but it is they're still fun to have in your account. Sure. Okay. Well, I've kept you a pretty long time longer than I planned to, but thanks for coming on the show again, Tim. It's always a pleasure, Jerry. Thanks, man. Anytime. Alrighty, and once again, the magic in pixels.com. Tim takes really cool photos, are really fun to look at, and also he has Pixel Mania coming up. If you want to go down and meet with some other people who like to take some photos around Walt Disney World, definitely try to go down to this. It's a good excuse to go to yep, Walt Disney World too. <laughs> and that'll that'll be in October this year, so we can uh, we can hit up the Halloween party this year. Awesome. Yeah, All right, thanks a lot. All right, now before we wrap things up here today, I want to hear from you uh, because we got Valentine's Day coming up, right? So what I would like to hear is your story, all you couples out there. I want to hear how you met. You know, if there is there a fun story of how you've got together, how you've gotten married? Is there a Disney side to it? You can either maybe record it, uh, call it into our voicemail, or if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com and go into the contacts page, I have a form where you can email your story and write it out, and I'll just read it. Because I, I want to make the entire show next week as much as I can uh, with these stories. And Heather and I will share our story. We, we've got kind of a cute, fun story I think you're going to enjoy. But I thought this would be fun for Valentine's Day, so please do submit those stories. Of course, it's possible that uh, we won't be here next week because, uh, well... The world is supposed to end next Sunday. According to my source, the end of the world will be on February 14th in the year 2016. Valentine's Day. Bummer. Well, so if the world does not end, you will hear from us again here at the Neverland Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, a link to visit our shop, and much more. And please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. Or email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. If you email us a Lost Boy or Pixie nickname with a reason why you chose that name, you can become an official Neverlander. Girls are too clever to get lost, so we are naturally magical pixies. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. 
We also appreciate your support in keeping the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions. God God bless. bless!